welcome back to the What The Folk Sunderland preview show. Sunderland season started in a frustrating way as we narrowly lost out 2-1 to Ipswich Town at home, but we have a huge chance to put things right on Saturday as we head to Preston North End. Deepdale was the setting for one of our most memorable away days last year, and while it's only been about three months since our last visit, we thought we'd catch up with journalist and, of course, Preston fan Tom Sandals to see if much has changed. Tom, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I feel like I've asked you how you're doing, and I know for a fact that we've had a five-minute conversation about your life, and it's like <laughs> just a total lie, just to look behind the curtains, mate. Yeah, but, I was um, going to say, you can't break the fourth wall like that. Yeah, I've totally broken it now, haven't I? Useless. <laughs> um, it has only been three months since our last meeting, obviously three months since our last chat. Um, so I guess the first question is, what's actually changed? Um, quite a lot, to be fair. Um, North End have made six signings this summer, um, and a few kind of important players have left. Obviously, Daniel Johnson, who had 300-plus appearances, um, took his time in kind of making his decision whether or not he'd leave. Um, but in the end, he did leave on a free, uh, gone to Stoke City. Josh Onema, who was kind of a similar mould to Daniel Johnson, kind of tipped to maybe step up and replace him if, if North End could get a deal done in the summer. A few issues with that deal. And again, he seems likely to go to uh, Stoke City now. Um, but yeah, and then they've brought in a few interesting players. Um Mads Frockyar Jensen is kind of the one to watch at the moment. Uh, he looks a real class act. He's going to take time to to get used to England and get used to the level. Um, but he looks a real good player. And they've just kind of made additions kind of all over the place a little bit at the moment. Um, whether they're stronger than last season remains to be seen. I suppose that's the same with any club. They may look great on paper, but in application, it might not necessarily be the case. Two of the stars from last season, Alvaro Fernandez and Tom Cannon, are yet to be replaced properly. I mean, Tom Cannon might be replaced by Tom Cannon, uh, depending on whether Sunderland or Preston win that race. Um, but North End are yet to sign a, a replacement left wing back for Alvaro Fernandez. So uh, it'll be a youngster in that role, most likely, in uh, Key and Best because Robbie Braid is injured at the moment. I think when you look at Preston's season, obviously, we're, we're so fresh into the season, it's kind of hard to, to look at it. But I know we did our preview show last week and like I stupidly said second and it was all part overhead. But I think a lot of it um, comes down to the fact that we rose, uh, raised expectations last year with a, a sixth place mm -hmm. finish. And no one's quite really sure where our ambition should be. I think we're thinking like the playoffs with with Preston, obviously, you just missed out again, um, which we kind of touched on the, the last show. But what are the aims for Preston North End? Is it always just have a go at the playoffs and, and try or has expectations risen or have they dropped a little bit? I think at a time they had risen a little bit once you kind of get quite close. I mean, especially like under Alex Neal's tenure, seventh, first season, and then you're kind of ninth and you, you're there and thereabouts for a couple of seasons. And, and you can see the genuine quality in the squad, the likes of Ben Pearson and Ben Davies, Jordan Hugel around that time. Um, Alan Brown was scoring loads of goals from midfield. You had Paul Gallagher, Daniel Johnson, all these different players at that time. And you kind of think those are the sorts of players that should be around the playoffs. I think lately, obviously, there's been a, a few more sort of bottom half finishes at North End and the quality isn't quite the same. So I don't think the expectation is is quite on the same level in terms of, I mean, they're probably not a playoff side. But any team is if they can keep a run of form long enough. 
that's just the nature of the championship. You saw Barnsley get in there when, you know, if you have a bit of lightning in the bottle, it, it, it is possible. So it's one of those, it's the hope that kills you. I mean, generally speaking, you know, North End are going to be safe. So once you're safe, there's only one other thing to look at. You know, one's dreaming of finishing in mid-table. Everyone's dreaming of finishing in the playoffs. So as long as you're not getting relegated, you're looking towards that top six and kind of hoping for the best, hoping for maybe that Barnsley season or just, you know, plenty of, of players kind of hitting the front at the same time, which is kind of what, what any team needs to to reach that top six. I think last time we spoke as well, we spoke about um, Ryan Lowe. And I think I asked a question if you think he would last the summer. He obviously has. Um, but there was frustration sort of creeping in, I think, towards the back end of last season. He's a highly rated manager. Obviously, he's been a Preston longer than managers last these days because it's only five minutes in the championship. But he stayed with Preston. Um has those concerns that he seemed to be quite open about calmed down a bit over the summer or is it still early days to to make a decision on that? Yeah, no, the, from his side, I think it's definitely calmed down. I think he was very frustrated that they'd put themselves into a decent position towards the end of last season and threw it away, really, and in, in some fashion as well. Um, so I think, you know, he'd had to watch, especially when he first made those comments at Sheffield United, he just had to watch them all collect their medals and celebrate promotion. So if anyone is a competitor, it's going to kind of rub you the wrong way, isn't it? Um, he's had promotions in the past, so he'll he'll know that sort of winning feeling. Um, I do think, I mean, last season there was, it did get a bit abrasive between him and the fan base um, when results weren't going the right way. I think that's possible again this season. If the same happens, I mean, every team goes through a bad patch. Um, I think there are some that have lost faith a little bit in the manager and the style and the brand, as he as he calls it. That whether they see it or not, whether there's enough possession-based football, enough attacking football, enough kind of options when they're on the ball, that sort of thing. But again, I suppose it's a new season, so you never really know what's going to happen. It might just all click this season and they might take off. But I do think if results go against them. For long enough, say, you know, a month or so, I do think there's probably enough of the fan base that might turn on Ryan Lowe as much as he might, you know, be looking elsewhere. Although I don't think that's the case anymore because he has been backed in the summer and I think he's kind of calmed down from that kind of a, a emotional outburst. I think when you look at the the games as well, just for the record, we're obviously speaking before our game against Crew and your game against Salford. So regardless, we'd probably look at the last league game anyway and there's only been one. Um hmm. A fairly respectable sort of 1-1 draw away at Bristol City. I know, obviously, they didn't pull up any trees last season, but they were good in the second half of the season. They've got some good young players there. I know not all of them were playing on um, Saturday. But but how was the performance? It looked like on the stats that Preston were, if anyone going to win it, it was it was more dominant in Preston's favour. Yeah, it got to be that way. I think first half, it, it looked like two mid-table championship teams, really. There weren't really... There was one shot in the first half. Woodman made a good save, um, which you can rely on Freddie Woodman in that regard. Um, yeah, so it, there wasn't a great deal to shout about in the first half, but it seemed like North End got a bit of a rocket at half-time and they came out and they were the better side. Um, deserving of the goal, I think Will Keane is a good addition in that sense that if the ball is in the box, he generally kind of finds a good place and it, it was only sort of a half chance, but he kind of held off the defender, let the ball run across and made it into a goal, which is something that North End were lacking a bit at times last season. So I think that's a good addition. 
Um, Kean Best had a good performance at left wing back. He's making his debut for the club. Um, yeah, I think they did pretty well. They got a bit more aggressive, got a bit, got about it a bit more, which is a bit more like North End. Um, how long they can take 45 minutes to get going, I don't know. Um, there was a bit of cramp towards the end, and they did look a little bit leggy just before they got the goal, which kind of kicked them back into life. So that'll be interesting. But again, you've got the cup in midweek to maybe get a bit more minutes in the legs or rest up and, and get used to things. Because, um, I mean, North End aren't on their own in terms of players getting cramp in the opening game of the season. It's just not the same as pre-season friendlies, is it? No, 100%. And, and you put more effort in naturally, I think, as well. I think mm. I looked at Wilkie I kind of didn't realise he'd went, to be honest. Obviously, he was someone who was in uh, League One for a while with Wigan and we obviously were up against Wigan for a few years in League One and he was one of the, the main centre forwards. One of six players you brought in, but I think he was one of only two or three that started on um, Saturday. How similar is Preston's side looking to, to sort of last year? You said a lot's changed, but the side looked... There were some names I recognised there that had started the game sort of last season when we played against you. Yeah, at, at the moment it, it's pretty similar. Um, not all have, have come in completely fit. Um Will Keane and Frokar Jensen started and then Keane Best made his debut an, an academy product. But you've got uh, Dwayne Holmes, who's had a bit of an injury lately. Uh, Jack Watmo signed towards the end of last week, so probably had enough ta- hadn't had enough time to kind of settle in. And then you've got the back three of Hughes, Lindsay and Story and Woodman as a back four of the goalkeeper, who started last season beating records set by Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. So it's not exactly a bad back three. Um, Calvin Ramsey's on his way back from a long-term knee injury. Um, so he takes a bit of time to get going, potentially used um, in the cup. But again, they'll want to be careful. They generally err on the side of caution. And it's similar with Leighton Stewart, who's had an ACL injury in the past as well and isn't quite there yet. So some of the, well, I mean, the likes of Stewart is one to kind of grow and develop. Um, others are kind of, Fringe players ish. Frocco Jensen obviously started, and, and the others are kind of not necessarily improving the first 11, but improving the squad potentially. Again, depends on how they perform. You know, they're like on them, they look good in, in patches. Johnson speaks for himself, those sorts of people that they're replacing. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing for North End will be whether they can get Tom Cannon in and trying to find a replacement for Alvaro Fernandez, who was on loan last season, of similar quality. Because when you've got someone that comes in and wins Young Player of the Year, they are going to be hard to replace the following season. He's been linked with a move to the Premier League that shows his quality. Tom Cannon's an interesting one. As you said, I think half the championship's been linked to him. And obviously we have as well. And we've seen his record. And obviously it was impressive at Preston last season. And I think... When you look at players and they're coming on loan, you know, Amad Diallo, it was massive to us last season. And I think Tom Cannon for yourselves equally is, is impressive. And you probably would have got into the playoffs if he'd if he came a little bit earlier based on his record. But I think Tony Mowbray came out last week and, and told some fans at like an event that the numbers are becoming astronomical with Tom Cannon. And I don't know where you'll be able to keep me up to date more with this, but I feel like Preston are a team that don't necessarily operate on a budget of, I, I heard it was around the close to the million pound mark for the loan move for Cannon. Um, does that make you feel that Cannon's unlikely to come to Preston because of the the money mentioned? And, and if he doesn't come, how big of a blow is that for Preston? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like you say, North End aren't... It, it's not like they've never spent a million pounds. So 
I would suggest the substantial undisclosed fee for Frokar Jensen was probably around that. But it's much different signing a youngster on a four-year deal than it is signing Tom Cannon for 12 months. Um, whether If he gets you enough goals to get in the playoffs and get you in the Premier League, you know, you're going to make 100 times that return, which is fine. But that's a big risk to take. I think there is an emotional element to it because Ryan Lowe had kind of picked him out from the Everton youth ranks, had watched him in sort of very low-key games um, and picked him for his first professional loan and, and showed that faith in him. Um, he took to the club really well. The club took to him very well. So there is that emotional element. I think Cameron Archer plays a role as well, as, uh, as strange as it sounds, because it was a very similar situation where he came into North End for his first senior loan in January uh, last year. I'm trying to work it out with the seasons and stuff like that. Uh, January last year and scored goals in the same way as Cannon did 12 months later. Um, and to lose out again on that sort of player will be disheartening, I think. Of course, there's going to be more players out there because if you can replace Cameron Archer with Tom Cannon, I'm sure you can replace Tom Cannon with someone else. Um, but it would be a big blow if they didn't get him. Um, it seems at the moment North End are closest. It would be a bit of a surprise to see them just pay an, a, a million pound loan fee, knowing that it's only going to be for 12 months. But it's also a statement of intent. So you can see it both ways. I know a, a, um, a permanent deal has kind of been touted around potentially a few clubs that, that you know, it's rumoured about three million, which in my opinion would be an absolute steal for a young English striker that's proven to get goals in the championship. Um, but that's not looking likely. I don't know. Maybe they're able to get a loan with some sort of fee included and maybe this loan fee could get knocked off the grand total or whatever. Who knows? But yeah, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility for North End. I think instead it'd probably be greeted as a sort of a good statement of intent. Outside of obviously the the striking position, because you want him because you need that. And I know you've got Will Keane that's came in, but obviously you want that statement signing. Is there anywhere else that press North End need to strengthen? I know when you look at Sunderland at the moment, where like X, Y and Z, even though we've made that sort of five, six signings, um, I think it's six. Six signings is big and it's a good place to be, but you always want a bit more and, and, and where Preston fans wanting it at the moment. Yeah, it, it's it's those two positions at the moment. It's left wing back and striker. Um, there's only one senior left wing back at the club at the moment, Robbie Brady, who's injured. Keen Best has come in and done absolutely brilliantly away at Bristol City and it's great to see a young player come in and do well. Whether you can rely on him for a full season, who knows? Um, so... Well, Ryan Lowe has spoken about wanting a left wing back and a striker in, so that's important at the moment. There's no Jed Evans and Emil Reese for probably at least this month going into next month. Um, and then when those two are back, you've got Leighton Stewart, Will Keane, and then hopefully one other. So you've got five strikers to choose from, and there's no rush for Leighton Stewart to get up to championship level and get used to senior football. So if they get those two through, the squad depth is is looking all right. Um and I'm sure Ryan Lowe will be happy with that. And then it's just a case of hopefully coaching them well, players hitting form and and putting together a decent season. I think when we're looking back to, like I say, it's you were literally the last away game we played was Preston. Mm. Um, it's part of the reason I'm not going on, you know, stone me dead. Um, I'm not going on Saturday. And a lot of the reason for that is 
Annoyingly, it's really easy to get to from Glasgow. Um, actually, easier to get a Preston than it is to get Sunderland on the train, um, which is odd. But it just feels like so recent, and it was such a brilliant away day. Um, and I could talk about that day till Kingdom Come. Like, just mm. great day, brilliant goals, all in a kind of mad moment. Weatherspoons was fun afterwards and beforehand, and that that's always a, a plus point on away day. Um, and you look at obviously the the fact that Millwall three went up at half time, and every, all of Sunderland fans know what happened. But I always find it interesting when I have days like this, what it must be like for the other side because it must be shite. It must be an awful <laughs> day to see someone else absolutely lose their minds and think, ah, oh, that could have been us. And I think back to the conversation we had, and it was I think the week before where playoffs became untenable for yourselves. It wasn't possible for you to do it. So it was fresh in the memory that, oh crap, we haven't got the playoffs. And you know, one minute you think Sunderland's not getting it, so this is just going to be a, like a drab draw, or like a one-one or one-nil or whatever. And all of a sudden, we're going absolute chaotic, and Millwall decided to be Millwall. What was that like from the opposite side, if you can describe it? I'm, I imagine it wasn't great, but I'm curious to see how it came across the other way around. Yeah, funnily enough, I, as I kind of alluded to before, it, it was almost the second time that it had happened because North End have experienced it a few weeks before with Sheffield United kind of having their success. Then you've got Sunderland turning up and against all the odds reaching the playoffs and only the first season back. And it was... It was almost a kick in the teeth for North End that having been at this level for eight, nine seasons now, they hadn't managed to put things together and just capture that, again, that lightning in a bottle that Sunderland had at the first attempt. Um, I mean, Sunderland were well worth the win on the day, so you can't really argue with that. And and to be honest, I think North End fans, in a way, you have to just kind of look at away ends going crazy and just kind of almost as a football fan you can almost enjoy it you you know having been everyone's been in a way and like that and obviously i'm sure you might have seen the away end at pnes going viral after bristol city where there's a fan recording the goal going in he ends up on his backside and everyone's going crazy so everyone can sort of understand that feeling you're going to be jealous and it's going to be really annoying that again North End haven't made the playoffs they had the chance they've thrown it away all that sort of stuff but especially for myself who has to kind of as a journalist you have to distance yourself from it and remain neutral sort of thing you, you kind of end up just sort of I don't know it, you can almost be happy for other people enjoying themselves it doesn't come at a cost to kind of yourselves because North End had already thrown it away they'd already put themselves out of that race um it was a really bad performance to end the season and it just capped off the way north end ended the season it didn't you know it was still terrible the way north end finished it didn't you know i'm not sitting here saying oh yeah it was great i enjoyed it and didn't matter how north ended the season it did but you do kind of just have to look at what about four thousand fans jumping all over the place and the and the litany of things that had to go right for Sunderland on that day and all things coming together and stuff like that. And it's kind of what football's about. Unfortunately, North End were on the receiving end of it, though. Yeah, I felt kind of bad because we were going absolutely nuts. And I think we did your lap of honour for a while. You just came back out <laughs> for one and it was just like we were all going nuts. But I think anyone who was there, obviously, fabulous away day. And I think this question I normally ask, and it's really, really hard, especially at the start of the season. And I know our sides changed a little bit. 
Um, and I know there's one player that stood out a lot that day that isn't going to be playing on um, on Saturday. But from the team that we've seen that day, obviously some of them are, are in that team still. Was there any players that really stood out for you? I know Diallo was obviously a big one, but was there any players that around that that maybe you think, you know, a bit concerned about going into the game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, go even going into that game, when people like, you know, Patrick Roberts had just scored a last-minute winner, hadn't he, from the edge of the box. And I remember watching Jack Clark in the League One playoffs and being really impressed with him. And you see those two players that Sunderland have who are capable of, you know, I mean, Jack Clark scored on the day as well, didn't he, where you just drop a shoulder, beat a defender, and you go for the far corner. And that's what North End have not had that sort of player capable of that. Froko Jensen maybe be that type, but he's a, a centre midfielder rather than winger. And they're the players that will worry me and a lot of North End fans that tricky wingers. They, I mean, they worry any fan, don't they, really? But those two stand out for me, Robertson and Clark, who are able to kind of create something from nothing and, and drop a shoulder. You've got, I mentioned before, Kim Best, who's young and, and new to this level when you've got experienced lads coming up against him who know how to beat a man. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kim Best is up for a scrap. He is up for, you know getting stuck in and he'll stick to the task very well. And I'm quite looking forward to it. If he gets the start, looking forward to seeing how he does in it. But there is that sort of element of he's going to be learning on the job because it will only be probably his second at most, his third appearance for the first team. So be interested to see how he goes up against two wingers that have been there and done it in the championship and obviously been in the playoffs. I think when we look at Sunderland season as well, I asked you before about Preston's um, expectations and we kind of hummed and hard about it quite a bit towards back in the last season after we obviously got beat off Luton and then obviously in the preview shows we're only sort of us in our second season in the championship but we finished sixth which is something that you know like you say the likes of Preston who've been in there for season after season haven't really managed um, and there's other teams in that conversation as well so our expectations get immediately raised um, mm-hmm. you put into the aspect that Sunderland have, you know, I think everyone said that a juggernaut wants to get going, and all of a sudden you think, well, you know, can we do more? Can we go up? I said we'd go up second. I don't know if I really believe that, but I said it. Um, and a lot of that's got to do with the expectations that were raised. But it's sometimes interesting to get a second opinion, especially from the outside looking in. Did Sunderland overachieve last season, and would it be a failure for us not to get the playoffs? So, do you think that you know our chances this season are as as good as they were last season, if not better? Uh, I think they did overachieve last season. I don't think it's a failure if they don't get in there this season. But I have, when I put like a prediction for the 24 teams in the championship, I did have them in the top six. So I think I think you can, like, I can see Sunderland finish in the top six. I can also see Stoke finish in the top six. I can also see, you know, Millwall getting back in there or Coventry getting back in there. Because obviously Millwall spent quite a lot of time in there last season. So them tipping them for the top six and then not making it into the top six, I don't think is necessarily a failure. I think if they're not challenging, I think that's a bit of a failure because they've invested this season. They've probably got a, a better squad. You now have a striker for a start. Um, and that puts you off on a better foot. The championship is extremely difficult though. And I would warn a little bit, as you probably found in League One when you're a big fish in a smaller pond, is that nothing is given to you. And being a big club and having a great fan base that turn up every week doesn't guarantee 
success. So it may be that things don't necessarily come off this year, but you've already had that season where you've been in the playoffs. And whilst that's not necessarily acceptable when you're a big club like Sunderland that wants to be back in the Premier League, it's still something and a platform to build from. So I do think Sunderland will be around there, should be around there. But, I mean, I'm I'm not a sensationalist sort of fan anyway. So if you don't make it into the top six or don't quite meet expectations, I'm never one to kind of blow up about it. But the championship is really unforgivable and it's really difficult and really demanding. And, yeah, it, it could go absolutely anyway because there's other teams in there as well who are strengthened. I mean, Birmingham last year were never troubling the, the, the top half, but I think they've signed really well this year. You know, Cardiff started pretty well, almost. Um, and they've made good additions. But they're two teams that have routinely been in the bottom half. So it's it's difficult to predict. I do think some of them will be up there. I do think they've got a good side. And they've got, uh, mainly, I think the biggest thing is you've got players that can create something out of nothing, which I think is huge in the championship. But it's not the end of the world cause to spend another season here and also probably make sure that you are ready for a proper push at the playoffs and a proper push at promotion without kind of losing your heads almost. Yeah, we have absolutely. Yes, it's funny you said got a striker this year. I wanted to reiterate and interrupt and say we've got one striker this year. That will go wrong <laughs> at some point because um, we just had a Which conversation. Is one more than last season. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Just, well, so far, unless until he gets injured. Um, it's funny, we were sort of discussing that um, on the review show and, and saying how we need a couple more and hopefully Tom Cannon's one of them because he looks quite decent. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's, it is a really unforgivable division and I think everything that went right almost went right last year and it does for his expectations. But yeah, I think um, Saturday you see Ipswich come up and, and Ipswich win. A couple of mistakes at the back probably didn't deserve to get beaten. I think it's hard to disagree with what you said. But um, saying that, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can win because I don't really want to start the season with two games on without three points, shall we say. And, and I do actually quite fancy us on Saturday. But the reason for that being is we're much better away from home, as you saw last year. Um, but before I give my prediction, how do you how do you say going, Tom? Um, I'll go, I'll go one, one just because North end are also better away from home. Um, they've not quite got that improved team that settled kind of side yet. And obviously you've got the young, uh, team best on one side and a few little, little imperfections in the side. So I'll go, I'll go one, one, I think. I think I'd take a one, one, but I'm going to. Uh, I said 1-1 last week when we got beat. So if I go for something to win, maybe it'll be a draw, worst case scenario. Um, and Preston's just got good memories. Hence why I'm not going back on Saturday, because if anything not good happens, don't I don't want that to be... Yeah, I don't want yeah. to kill it. Like last, last season was a great memory, but 2-1 uh, something I'll take. Um, and a striker to score. Um, <laughs> what I'll go for. But um, Tom, always good catching up, mate. Um, I wish you the best of luck after... Obviously, our games. And um, <laughs> if anyone wants to follow you, where can they, they find you? Because obviously, you're, you're still involved in football at the moment. What is it? Yeah, yet? yeah. Just on um, Twitter now, I'm doing a bit of freelance work. So at Tom Sandals. And uh, yeah, hopefully, keep going to the North End games and keep myself busy. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Thanks very much.